From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. So many of my favorite people have one thing in common. They all served with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps after college. I'll just rattle off a few of them off the top of my head. You got Tom, Beth, Rafino, Kevin, and Caitlin, and Father Ted, Jorge. I could keep going. For more than 60 years, the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, or JVC, has been a pioneer in the service landscape. With over 100 volunteers each year and over 12,000 alumni in total, they are one of the largest lay, Catholic, full-time volunteer programs in the world. JVC gives young adults the opportunity to engage in service and solidarity with local communities, rooted in the values of spirituality, simple living, community, and social justice. It was a pleasure to speak with JVC's president, Tom Traboya, who has served in the role since 2018. Tom has more than 30 years' experience working in faith-based and community development organizations, and he brings a wealth of expertise to his role. I asked Tom about what inspires him in his work, plus how he and his team navigated the pandemic. We also talked about the challenges JVC and other similar organizations are facing today, and how they're responding. This conversation is the second part of a two-week series on long-term volunteer programs in the Ignatian family. Be sure to listen to last week's conversation between my colleague Eric Clayton and Mary McGinnity, who's president and CEO of the Ignatian Volunteer Corps, which typically works with volunteers quite a bit older than JVs, folks who have spent decades in career and family life. You can subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts. And thanks for joining us. Well, Tom Traboya, welcome to AMDG. Thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. Uh, it's great to be here, Mike. Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk to you today about your work with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. And I thought maybe one way we could get into that, just in case folks are unfamiliar. I'm sure you find yourself traveling around and visiting Jesuit volunteers and other meetings. And if you're with someone on an airplane who's um, particularly chatty, and you're feeling generous, say, and they ask you, oh, so what do you do? And then you tell them, and then they say, oh, what is that? What is the Jesuit Volunteer Corps? What is your like, relatively brief airplane description of JVC for someone who might not be familiar? I, I usually say JVC is a year-long volunteer program where we recruit young people right out of college to do a year of service living in community and founded on four values uh spirituality community simple living and social justice um and these young people work in agencies across the country nonprofits that are addressing some of the most urgent human needs of our time all right that's pretty good then you can put your headphones back in and, and go back to sleep um or whatever <laughs> you're doing on the plane um and I have so many friends. I, I didn't do. I did a different program after grad uh, college. But I have a lot of friends who did JVC all over the world, both uh, again in the United States and and abroad. Um, and folks who then even still then to today stay connected to fellow uh, volunteers. You know, former volunteer, former Jesuit volunteers. I know there's a, a robust community, and folks who come out of it. It really it. It changes them and um, forever. You know, it's, they talk about it uh, a lot and talk about the, that profound effect it had on, on their lives. And I think like that experience of kind of coming for young, most of the time, you know, young people coming relatively out of uh, recently out of school and then and jumping into something like JVC, um, it can have that that sort of impact. And that has led to an unofficial motto 
uh, that I have heard connected to JVC. I'm sure you've heard it, maybe you're sick of, but I want to ask you about it anyway, which is the, the, the phrase ruined for life, the sense that maybe you come into a program like JVC thinking you're going to go some do something or, or go somewhere, um, and then you have this experience and it changes you to the point where you are no longer the same. And maybe even if you're going to you know a certain career in a similar career to what you thought you might do, maybe you'll be doing that in a different way or a different context, or maybe something completely different will happen in your life because of it. So I'm sure you've heard that a lot. Um, what does that mean to you, ruined for life? Um, and I'm wondering too, if you have your own experience, is that something that you relate to, uh, the being ruined mm -hmm. for life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Ruin for Life is not a, a sort of a tagline that we use anymore, but really what it talks about is what you just said. It is that, you know, as I go around the country and talk to former Jesuit volunteers and even current volunteers, sort of the common theme I hear from them is that their JVC year of service was the most transformational year of their lives uh, because of the experiences that they have, the people that they meet, the work that they do and the people that they live with um, just brings them to a different place than where they started that can change the tra trajectory of their career, confirm it, uh, or, uh, um, you know, take them in completely different directions. And for you, did, is that something you had experienced when, did, for you coming to this this work and your whole career in the in this space where they're kind of those formative experiences for you uh, as a young person that, that kind of led you down this road? Yeah, so I'm not uh, I'm not a former volunteer myself, but I was in the Jesuit novitiate for a short period of time. I was there long enough to do the 30 day spiritual exercises, and you know I tell people that that was my transformational experience. Um, just going through the spiritual exercises, having a wonderful spiritual director, um, and um, really helping me to understand sort of where. Uh, you know, where God was calling me in a particular uh, moment and really has given me the tools and practices that I use even today uh, in my own prayer life, in my own discernment um, that uh, uh, that I learned uh, as, a, as a Jesuit novice. I would say it was also transformational in, in that um, you know, really came to understand um, sort of the Jesuit work for justice. Um, um, you know, read uh, uh, liberation theology, a lot of the Jesuit authors, and uh, really came to immerse myself in that work and the work that was being done at that time around the sanctuary movement and the work that the Jesuits were doing both in El Salvador and in the U.S. So you mentioned when talking about the, the sense of transformation that you kind of have shelved that phrase ruined for life. Was that a conscious decision? Is that something that JVC has, has moved away from? Is there a reason or is it just, uh, you know, times change and, and so you have new ways of trying to kind of explain yourselves and who, who you are, invite people into the mission? Well, you know, um, so JVC has traditionally been a white middle class uh, program. And as we've diversified uh, the cohort and as we try to diversify the cohort, you know, we're bringing in people who, um, um, you know, are sort of the traditional profile, but first generation students, uh, students that maybe come from lower income backgrounds. Um, and the ruin for life doesn't exactly fit uh, because many of the individuals are coming from some of the situations that we send people to serve. Um, and so it's trying to be more sensitive of that and um, uh, uh, kind of awareness that 
um, that transformational change does happen, but it happens really differently for each individual. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting even to think about. It does kind of presuppose a uh, an upper middle class. Oh, I'm going on a certain way to make a lot of money on Wall Street, and then I'll have this experience, and now I'm going to do something else instead. So it certainly has that it can have that feel, which I which I haven't thought about. Um, so you talked about again working on recru recruiting young people in at universities and. You know, when I was graduating college 15 years ago, and I'm sure the reality that college graduates are facing now is quite different um, than, than it was then. For In my class, 2008, it was the financial crisis. Folks weren't finding jobs. There are a lot of us who went into post-grad service thinking, oh, um, well, I, maybe I don't have a job opportunity what I would that I would like now. So maybe this is viable for me or uh, – that seemed to be the context we were in, but I'm sure now again that always changes. And it's if you look at you know read trends of, about trends in post grad service, not just JVC, but across the board, you know Peace Corps, uh, Teach for America, like all of these programs are are struggling to uh, reach as high of you know enrollment numbers as they as they would have maybe when I was graduating 15 years ago. Do you have a, a sense of is this something that you are challenged with at JVC? Is it something you have theories about why this is true? And then what are some ways that you're responding to that if that is the case? So we're definitely seeing those trends in uh, what we're seeing with JVC and with JVC Northwest. Um, I think we can tie a lot of this back to COVID where, um, you know, some of the students that are graduating uh, last year and this year uh, perhaps did a lot of their uh, uh, time in college um, virtually and did not have the opportunity to connect with um, service programs, uh, retreats, uh, daily mass, those other things where um, it, the, really the practice and the uh, experience of it um, wasn't as high as it had been in the past. And so, you know, you really have young people who are, um, you know, coming to their graduation and maybe haven't heard about JVC, uh, don't know friends ahead of them who have done JVC, uh, haven't participated in programs, uh, you know, at the university level. Um, so that has a big impact um, on um, on uh, a person's willingness or ability to join, I would say another factor is um, uh, the current generation's I think lack of trust in institutions, uh, and certainly you know the Catholic Church is an institution that's challenged. It's challenged to connect with young people. It's challenged to connect with LGBTQ plus uh, young people. Um, with BIPOC young people. And so, you know, we are trying to create a space that is welcoming, uh, that uh, welcomes people as they show up to us and to try, to try to create an environment where people feel welcome regardless of what identities they bring uh, to their JVC year. So when you're creating that spirit of welcome, then also trying to be distinctly Ignatian and Catholic, um, how have you kind of navigated those those questions to be again both distinct and also welcoming to people of all backgrounds other things that you've learned uh, kind of in, in that work so you know we're pretty clear that you know we're a catholic organization we're a jesuit uh we're grounded in jesuit roots uh so we don't make any apologies for that and and state that uh, right up front uh, and we also try to meet people where they are 
so not everybody has that exposure to uh, Jesuit nation spirituality or Catholic social teaching or other aspects, uh, but they come with an open heart and a, and a willingness to learn, uh, to be engaged in social justice work, uh, to be engaged with their communities. And that's really what we ask. Uh, and in that process, they may, you know, deepen their own spirituality, however they may name it, uh, their own faith, uh, their own dedication to service. And so we try to meet people where they are. We bring JVC uncompromisingly as a Jesuit Catholic institution. Uh, and uh, we hope to create some impact with that with, with uh, the young people who are part of the program. I'm sure you get to meet a lot of those young people um, visiting different communities or meeting them at retreats or other events. Do you are there any stories for you? You know that that kind of keep you going. Stories about the connection between a, a volunteer and their organization where they're serving, or within their local community, or even the neighborhood where they're living. Are there um, any of those those stories come to mind for you as ones of, of real real hope that you like to share with uh, with folks who are learning about JVC? Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories of uh, some of the volunteers who, um, you know, are working in advocacy uh, agencies uh, that are working in educational institutions. Um, you know, so many of our volunteers who are working in an educational setting talk about the impact uh, of the position on the work that they're doing. Well, let me start over. What was the question? Um. I'm, I'm sure you meet a lot of those young people when you go out and uh, visit different communities or when they come together for for retreats or for formation altogether. And I'm just curious if there are any like particular stories you have in mind uh, that you share with others who are interested in learning about JVC or, or stories that give you hope uh, that may be particularly cool uh, connections between a volunteer and their organization or a, a community of JVs within their own neighborhood where they're living. Any of those like uh, specific stories or, or images that, that come to mind for you that, that you like to share with with folks when you're telling them about JVC? Yeah, so you know, I think of a volunteer who served three years ago in Los Angeles. She was a volunteer at Groom um, Day High School in, in uh, South Central Los Angeles. Uh, she had such a good experience during that year that she stayed on for a second year in the same position. Uh, and to hear her tell her story is really one of, uh, of conversion, of transformation, um, where she really came to a deeper understanding of sort of what her own vocation would be, uh, leaving JVC, uh, where she really deepened her own, um, her own spirituality and her own faith, uh, and, uh, just learned, um, you know, the importance of, of community and the people that she lived with. Um, she's a wonderful human being, and those those stories are multiplied hundreds of times each year uh, with JVs as they engage in their workplace and uh, really open themselves to the experience that they're in front of. So I imagine of these young people, as you described, you have people coming from all sorts of backgrounds, some of whom would really know the Jesuit lingo and Ignatian spirituality, Catholic social teaching, others who wouldn't. And how do you go about then in the short time you have with them working to to make sure you're offering opportunities for growth in like the kind of the four main pillar areas you described earlier? Yeah. So uh, so the JVC years is built upon a series of retreats. We have five retreats every year. Uh, 
uh, orientation, a fall retreat, what we call reorientation in January. We have a silent retreat in April, May, and then disorientation, their end of the year retreat in, uh, in July. And each of those retreats is focused on uh, the core values. So at orientation, it covers all the, all the values. And the fall retreat has a particular focus on community. So they've been in uh, their JVC year for a few months. Now things are beginning to happen in communities. So we have that focus in October on their community life and how that's going. In January, during reorientation, we focus on the pastoral circle and social justice. At our um, uh, uh, spring retreat, it's a three-day silent retreat, um, sometimes the first time that uh, uh, some of these volunteers have ever been part of a silent retreat. Uh, tends to be the one that they're most nervous about, but tends to be the one that gets the highest ratings. And then uh, disorientation, where uh, we really try to bring things full circle um, to um, to try to put sort of a capstone on all this and to help them understand and figure out how they're going to step out of JVC into whatever it is that's, that's going to be happening next. So the formation program is really key uh, in, um, in uh, grounding in those values. Another core part of those retreats is our focus on racial justice. And so woven throughout the, the different retreats is um, our aspects on, on racial justice, both helping JVs understand their own identity and how that impacts who they live with and where they, uh, where they work. So that really is the, 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 the package of, of uh, programs and offerings that we make available to the JVs in terms of the four values. I just um, imagine, um, you know, folks coming into these situations where they're again working on the margins of society and from themselves coming from a range of backgrounds and uh the you know the, the challenge of preparing kind of folks to to do that and i think of like the you know the catholic social teaching principle of solidarity this idea that we are you know part of one human family and called to care for each other but that doesn't kind of separate people out based on you know how much they have or how much education they have but i think sometimes uh, that can be a challenge when we're you know working on the margins is am i coming in um because i think i have the answers or because i have my education and so i'm going to come save the day here uh or am i coming in real solidarity um and i imagine that can look different at, at different times but I, I imagine that's something you all talk about a lot and um, what are some of the, the things you try to help folks kind of reflect on or, or, or think about as how they approach, you know, this kind of ministry working on the, the margins of society in a way that um, upholds the dignity of, of folks who they're you know, walking with? So we, we try to put a pretty strong emphasis on the notion of accompaniment, that we're walking with those that, uh, that we're serving, that we're walking with those agencies um, we're not coming to, to save. We're not coming to, um, you know, change their situations, but we're here to walk with them and offer, you know, what is available through the agencies and the services that they provide. So that would be one thing. I say the second thing is, is trying to cultivate a stronger self-awareness around uh, racial identity and how that impacts an individual as they step into these circumstances 
how that impacts the people that they're serving and the agencies that they're working with, to understand the dynamics of of, of racism that are at play uh, at, at a very at a very local level, and how um, how an individual Jesuit volunteer kind of navigates that and creates a greater awareness of the dynamics that are there. But focusing on accompaniment, this understanding of walking with, not doing for, is really one of the core parts that we try to emphasize to uh, really create a greater awareness on the behalf of the volunteers. So you came into this role uh, after, you know, as part of your full career in in social ministry in, in Catholic and other settings. And um, you, you arrived in fall of 2018, and then within about a year, just as you're getting your feet wet, uh, the pandemic started uh, early 2020, which of course for a residential in-person uh, program like JVC, I'm sure was you know part of <laughs> the stuff of nightmares, right? I can only imagine. Um, so I, what what did you? I, well, how did that experience working through that unfold for you? And is, has the organization now, if you look back kind of at your five-year mark, a, a couple of years of which spent really in high pandemic time, um, what did you learn as a leader from that experience and, and how has that shaped your leadership of, of JVC now? Um, so so that was really a challenging time, as you, as you note. Um, uh, in uh, March of 2020, we had to bring in home our international volunteers. Uh, we had uh, volunteers in five different locations, five different countries. Um, that was a hard decision. We haven't been able to restart the program yet. We we hope to. Uh, it meant a shift to all person, um, all um, uh, virtual programming. So people didn't get together for retreats. There wasn't as much travel. Uh, between the communities as they really are. Uh, my daughter was um, a JV during 2021 and um, really had to do that uh, year, you know, all virtually. So it really changed the nature of the program and really challenged the volunteers who uh, were part of those um, part of those cohorts uh, to really, you know, dig deep in terms of how this year was going to help shape them and how they were going to make an impact in the agencies that they were serving, where, again, many times they were not going in person, they were working remotely. Uh, you know, so they had that distance from the people that were serving. It wasn't the same experience that we normally like to have uh, for the volunteers. So, so it was a real seismic shift in, in what we do. And I think uh, what it taught me is that, you know, we have to be uh, agile in terms of how we think about our programming. You know, we have the ideal of how we want to operate in person um, when times are good. Uh, but we also have to be flexible and adapt when uh, either for whatever reason we need to go to virtual programming. So how do we do that in a more effective way? That um, uh, that can still deliver the type of experience that we want the JVs to have. Um, you know, I found myself uh, connecting and collaborating more with uh, my peers and other volunteer organizations to hear how they're doing, what adjustments they're making in um, in um, in their work, and it taught me really how how it really really pushed me to be. Um, uh, more agile in sort of how we adapted our programming uh, to really meet the, the current demands that the volunteers are facing. 
So it, it, like I said, it really was a seismic shift. It really caused us to look wholesale at what we're doing and how we're doing it. Uh, and I think it's left some lessons for us in terms of, um, you know, how we do programming, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic. So coming out of it now, are are there priorities that you had in your mind for things you wanted to start really working on, right? I can imagine your first year on the job, you're getting to know the organization, seeing your know, strengths, the opportunities, some of the challenges, then the pandemic, which throws everything up into the air. But now are you do you have a chance to kind of go to some of those those bigger things that you were you were hoping to to kind of work on? Um, and what are what are some of those those areas of uh, growth that you're most excited about? Yeah, so we in uh, in uh, fall of 2022 we adopted uh, our five-year strategic plan, and within that had a had a core set of goals that help us look at uh, growing the JV cohort, so to be able to expand it to more and more young people across the country, uh, it really called in us to uh, look deeply at the JV experience. So that means the retreats that we offer, the support that we provide, uh, and the placements, uh, that we offer to the volunteers. Um, it's really calling us now to take a, a broader look at where we place volunteers, what kind of organizations are they in, what types of issues are they working on? Um, you know, we, we're, uh, we have a number of placements in education and social service. Uh, but we need to develop other placements around uh, environmental justice of work at the border. Um, so coming, you know, coming out of uh, COVID and with the strategic plan in front of us, I think gives us a lot of opportunity to think about, um, you know, where we where we go next and how do we strengthen the program uh, for the years to come. The challenge has been is the last couple of years, the recruitment numbers have been down as we discussed earlier. And so that's really our number one challenge at the moment is to really increase those numbers. We know young people are out there. Uh, we know that there's many of them who want to do a year of service, uh, but there's other dynamics in play that are, um, that are uh, competing with us. You know, the, the job market, um, uh, uh, other things out in the marketplace that they have available to them that uh, are competitive with doing a JVC uh, volunteer year. Um, so we're looking at these opportunities. We're looking at the goals we established in our strategic plan and really beginning to make really um, uh, intentional steps towards implementing those and, and reaching out for those goals that we've set for ourselves. So you mentioned your your daughter was in the program again as a young person coming coming in. Was that did you is that her idea? Did you have to recruit her? Like what um did you did you sell it? Like what what is your pitch, I guess? Well, one, did you have to pitch her? And then I'm curious about what do what do you say to, to young people? Um so yeah, we could start close to home, uh, and then we can maybe go from there. Well, I walked a very fine line. I I knew that I couldn't push it, you know, so I made information available as she needed. Um, you know, once she was accepted in the program, I really kept an arm's length distance, uh, didn't get involved in her community or in any issues that might have come up. Um, so I really tried to do, to be as much as possible, uh, not not a hovering parent, but uh, kind of looking from afar as much as I can as president of JVC. Hmm. Sure. 
And so, but what is the pitch if if you are speaking to you know young people you're not as closely connected to, uh, who have a lot of options, right? Whether it's multiple different types of volunteer programs. Um, work, grad school right away. Certainly, you don't want just anyone who comes in, right? It has to be a good fit. It has to be a vocational moment, at least for that period of time. But if you get that sense, what are what do you say? What What is part of the, uh, the YJVC? Well, my experience in talking with JVs and talking with my daughter is that uh, this can be such a cons- consequential year uh, for an individual. It's an opportunity to step back and assess, you know, where they want to go with their life. It's a t- time to test out uh, different interests. Uh, some people come in, say, with a finance background and and are placed in a in a legal service uh, organization. Uh, there's been at least uh, one JV in recent memory who uh, decided that she was going to go to law school rather than to get an MBA afterwards, or people who decide that uh, you know they want to pursue a social work degree. Uh, perhaps instead of something else that they've uh, decided. So JVC is is a pathway forward. It's not a dead end. Uh, we have over 30 uh, graduate school partnerships with Jesuit, Catholic, and public universities that offer anywhere from 20, uh, 20% re- uh, tuition reduction to a full tuition, um, a full tuition ride for graduate programs uh, in social work, theology, uh, bioethics. Um, uh, we have one law degree uh, benefit number in the teaching sphere. So, and when you finish the JV year, you have access to the fourteen thousand former Jesuit volunteers who really formed the JV community. And these FJVs are willing uh, and anxious to help any JV, any former FJV uh, who's looking to start a new career, move to a new city. Uh, to help them out and really hopefully give them a step up as they kind of move into their new career. No, that's great to think of that again, as you're saying that, that pathway and then to make that um, available for people, not just to say that, but then to say, no, there, here are ways that which you can, you can stay connected and uh, you can move, take that next step kind of from this, but to be there accompanying folks like throughout their, their journey. Uh, Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to make sure our listeners hear about? Uh, Anything at all related to uh, the JVC, your work, or the the church? I, again, we get a lot of bad news about the church, and not, you know, folks who are leaving or uh, disaffiliated, or I don't know. I, I imagine for uh, that this would be a job for you that, while having a lot of challenges, would also have uh, you know a lot of signs of of hope. You know, hope for the the future of the church and the the country and and beyond. That you know, if there are you know the, these young people who are who are willing to to give and serve in this way? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll share just a little bit of my path to JVC, if you don't mind. And um, so, so um, you know, one of the things that I have been most grateful for is that my parents had a dignified retirement. And that's because my parents uh, owned their own home and my dad was a member of a union. So he had a pension. And so really the trajectory of my career has sort of followed that path. So I was in the Jesuit novitiate and worked for the Catholic Church for uh, 16 years. Uh, My parents were devout Catholics. Uh, I went and worked at SEIU, Service Employees International Union. That was my father's um, union when he was working. 
and it was the union that provided him with a pension that allowed him to have that and my mom to have that dignified retirement. I went from there and worked at Neighborworks America, which was a nonprofit affordable housing uh, intermediary. And that helped me get in touch with that. The way that my parents generated their wealth was through ownership of their home. And so by being at NeighborWorks helped me to make that available for other people across the country. And really being at JVC has brought me back full circle. It brought me back full circle to the church with an organization uh, that I love with a connection to the Jesuits to whom I owe a debt of gratitude. Uh, and I feel in many ways that I'm giving back for all the benefits and all the blessings and all the graces that I've accumulated over these years and really giving it back in a, in a really profound way by uh, helping young people discern where it is they want to make an impact in their life and to, to try to understand where God is calling them, where their heart is pulling them at this particular moment, at this particular time. Well, Tom Traboya, thank you so much for sharing uh, that bit of your own story and for uh, your reflections on on the work of JVC and your your leadership there. Uh, yeah, all the best as you uh, continue to to grow and work together um, uh, for the greater glory of God. Um, so, thank you again for your time. Thanks you very much. And um, if you're out there, apply to JVC. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. The show is edited by Marcus Bleach. Our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leach, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at Jesuits.org, on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation with the Jesuits, connect with a Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. You can subscribe to AMDG on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire. Mm-hmm.